Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. I know a bank where the wild thyme blows, where oxlips and the nodding violet grows, quite over-canopied with luscious woodbine, with sweet musk roses, and with eglantine. Welcome to Building Your Book, Recipes, and Herbalism, the 12th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat, and part four of our grimoire series. Special thanks today goes to William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream for our opening. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr, and I'm glad you clarified everything, because at first I thought it was a Wild West theme, and you banks were entirely different. But go ahead. <laughs> you may call me Gwyn, Mary Meat. I'm Ode's mother. <laughs> So we're back to the building our the building your book this week. It's what happens when you don't read that to me ahead of time. I never do. I know. And and every, I, time, time, every time, time I'm get, like, oh, it's, oh, it's, because, it's because it usually takes me up until the night before to figure out what the opening is going to be. I'm just like googling things frantically, like what the heck am I going to open this episode with? Maybe oh during the show prep uh-huh. before we do the show. Start you reading read it too. So you can... Otherwise, it's like, what will Carr say uh-huh. today? <laughs> How will Carr react to today's bit of poetry? Oh my god! <laughs> the opening recitation mystery. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. hi, 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 guys. We're back earlier than usual because we're we're still catching up to our schedule after going surgery so you get two episodes in a row this this month we're like i said we're doing back to the building your book series we're going to be talking about recipes you can put in your book and herbs and herbalism and plants and how to use them and essential um, oils yep and mm-hmm. including all of those things in your book but first very beginning thing is we need to thank our new patron Justin Stanage who has joined us at the Jaguar level. Yes. Woo! Yeah. Because Whoa. we're very grateful, Justin. We are, yes. Justin. Thank you. A Jaguar. Uh-huh. A, ja- a Jaguar. <laughs> In case you can't tell, Gwen and I love those commercials. <laughs> they don't. You don't see them as much anymore, but when I was a kid, you saw commercials for the Jaguar all the time. So Carr has some things. <laughs> Additionally, Carr has some things he wants to talk about at the beginning, at the top of this episode, to get radio terminology again, uh, before we get into the, you know, the meat and the nitty gritty stuff that we have prepared. Right. So if you live in the West Michigan area, starting in July, Mm -hmm. we don't have the exact date yet, but we will let you know soon. Um, we are going to be starting a discussion group called Mm -hmm. Communitas Paganus. Yep. And so that is pagan community, basically. 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 In In Latin. It just sounds fancy. And and the the reason why we use the word communitas is really community. Right, mm-hmm. is because it really means something different. So community just means a group of people. Communitas is a group of people working together towards a common goal. Yep. And so that's why we chose that word and since it was in Latin, we decided we would just make right. take the Latin version of pagan. Yep. Makes sense. So basically it's a community of farmers. Yeah, basically cuz yeah. pagan derived from Latin paganus Paganus just means, like, rural folk. Which makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's where what we now consider pagan beliefs stuck around the longest. Right. Well, we talk about folk magic quite mm-hmm. a bit, and yep. that would be, folk would be the, you know... The rural folks. rural folks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the other thing is, we have two things we're considering doing. Yeah. And two projects. Two projects. That are sort and of They're, they're the long-term docket. projects, but we want your help in deciding which one to do first. Mm-hmm. Here are the two projects. One is a book mm-hmm. written by the three of us yep. 
that will be based on this Building Your Book series, we think. Right. Tentatively. 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 Based on the Building Your Book series. So you would actually have a, a physical, physical book. book that would explain everything we talk about in all these mm-hmm. episodes. Working through the book building process. Right. The other thing is doing a Lenormand deck mm-hmm. that is three pagans and a cat. Branded. Branded. Yeah. yeah. And with kind of the three of our yeah, we'd all, journeys we'd all kind be of put input. into what each card means. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things. A book tentatively based on the Building Your Book series. Or Lenormand cards based on our past. Yeah, yeah, the Three Pagans experience. Right. <laughs> so help us. Go on to our Facebook page at 3PAC. That's the number 3, P-A-A-C. And you can just send us a message there letting us know which one of those you would be more interested in. Actually, mm-hmm. I'll put up a poll yeah. Um, yeah. on the page so that you can choose yeah, a so you can just do a quick... Based on, tentatively, the Building right. Your Book series. <laughs> or, or if you have a suggestion right, of what if the there book is a, could be. If there's right. a book you would prefer us to write. <laughs> right, I'll actually put... I think I can put a blank... Like a blank entry. A blank entry on there. and choose you can your actually own. T- yeah, choose your own type thing. So mm-hmm. those two things we're considering. It's mm-hmm. going to take us a while to do them. Don't expect them out in the next month. Right. But maybe a year, year and a half yeah, from now. Yeah, something like that probably. Uh, mm-hmm. Those would come out. So that's it. That's where we're at with those things that I wanted to cover at the beginning, I believe, right? Yeah, I think so. Boom! So just, you know, engage with us. Let us know what you want from us. And now we're going to get into the regular part of the episode where we cover the content. And now back to your regular programming. (laughs) Thank you, radio voice car. (laughs) So the first thing we're going to do is define what a recipe is. Because this is one of those subjects that, like, it's a word you use so frequently you don't really think about it. Right. So a recipe is, very simply... A set of instructions intended to lead to a particular outcome, right. which means it actually covers a lot more than you conventionally think of a recipe being. That's right, true. because I think of a recipe as being food mostly. Right, and I think that's what most people tend to think. You think recipe, you think food. Now more people are starting to think, well, tea blends, uh-huh. essential oils. Well, um, I think you could take it in all kinds of ways. I mean, there, there is, you know, the way you make cement yeah. is yeah. basically it's a, a recipe. recipe. It's right. a recipe for cement. Cement, yep. right, yeah, so... You know, recipes are used a lot in our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. We just don't think of them as recipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, you know, the point is just to have a set of consistent instructions that you can use to get consistent results. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, and that is equally important in your magical tradition. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, probably more important, I mm-hmm. would think, in your magical tradition. Especially because anytime you do magic of any kind, there's just sort of an element of randomness to it right of not guaranteed so the more consistency you add to the process the likelier you are to get the desired result at least that is my stance on it what's giving me kind of a look like what do you mean it's not a guarantee (laughs) that just comes down to philosophy right which you know we don't need to get into in this episode again (laughs) again yeah for the umpteenth time so, so that's what recipes are, and the reason, you know, that you want to include them in your book, aside from the fact that grimoire just means yeah. a book full of recipes, basically, you know, originally, mm-hmm. is just so that you can have a collection in the place where you're most going to need it of all your sort of magical tools. Well, and that's like when we talked about, I think, in the beginning of, of with building your book and what is a grimoire mm-hmm. and what is a book of shadows, I am specifically building a grimoire 
because it does have all of my recipes mm-hmm. and the instructions for various types of rituals and, yep. and things that I would use rather than my spiritual journey listed in it because that's what it is. Essentially, it is a recipe book. Right. And it's especially nice to have recipes for those things you use very, very often and very, mm-hmm. very frequently that you're going to run out of a lot so that you don't have to constantly be going to your local magical menagerie to pick it up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if you can learn how to make these things yourself exactly. and learn how to make them to to your satisfaction or to your specifications, you'll have much more... You'll have more success. You'll mm-hmm. save money. Right. But And so you get more uh, specificity, at least, if not more power directly mm-hmm. from... The ingredients that you have composed yourself. Absolutely. Because, I do agree with that. Especially yes. because if you have correspondences with something personally that are not like standard correspondences, mm-hmm. you can include those things right. in your recipes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can modify a recipe that you find exactly. to include something that has a personal correspondence to you that you might not be able to find in that product at, you know, your local pagan store. Right. And also, it, it goes to, it's the same anytime you use a recipe. The more you use it, the more you uh-huh. uh, become familiar with it, the more it becomes a part of you, and you can just do it off the top of your head. Right. And I, I think that stands not only in just traditional cooking, but in magical mm-hmm. work as well. Yep. I think there's three different ways that you can do recipes, too. Okay. It can be a recipe that you come up with. Right. Right. It could be a mm-hmm. recipe that is either in a book or handed down. Yeah, passed mm-hmm. down to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Inherited it could be knowledge. like Magnolia Reigns. Yeah. Right. Where we buy divination, rice, rice and, and spirit, spirit salt, salt. And the elemental salts. Right. From somebody who is a, using a yeah, recipe. From a very mm-hmm. skilled practitioner. Right. Who's crafting mm-hmm. that and then we're using those. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there's, I think there's, there's, a, there's definitely a, And there's a place for all of those. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I would be able to craft, even if I had Magnolia Rain's recipe, I don't know that I would be able to craft a spirit salt that does what her spirit salt does. Well, it's also intention. Exactly. Right. Yep. Because so, there's definitely magic involved in this process and that's going to vary from person to person. person. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. everybody has a different skill level, mm-hmm. a different energy level, yep. uh, a different ability toward intention, to yep. toward keeping that intention in their focus while they're making whatever it is they're making, and whether it is that a matter, salt or a charm or a talisman right. or whatever. Right. And, and for that matter, uh, everyone has a different skill level in regards to like their abilities in chemistry and how exactly. good they're going to be at combining elements and right. so on. Exactly. It all, it all you comes know, if to you're play. If you're not going to be able to do that to your satisfaction, then buy it somewhere. Buy it somewhere. Yeah. Just make sure yeah. you get it from a skilled practitioner that you trust. Yeah. Exactly. And do remember, you know, practice does make perfect, I guess you could say. Well, to not a always. Degree, <laughs> to a degree. Everybody can increase their skill level, but there is never any reason why you can't go to someone who is more right. skilled than you. Right. I don't know that you can always improve your skill level. For example, I will never get a pendulum to do a ding-dang thing. <laughs> right, right. So Dang it, I said it exactly. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the ding dang has come out, uh-huh. and I and that's actually what I was mm-hmm. referencing is like no matter how much Ode practices that's with true. a pendulum, it just it's doesn't work. Just for me. That's hang true. There. Some of yep. it does. It skill and uh, uh, natural ability affinity. does affinity right. that yep. does play a part. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So there are some things I think you need before you get into doing this. Some equipment stuff okay. that mm-hmm. you would need. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So you need containers. Yeah. You know, dark glass to hold things for in. For essential oils, especially. Yeah. Especially for essential uh, oils. And just, you need to just double check, like, what your 
end product needs in terms of container mm-hmm. right. before because, you make it. Because some of it's brown glass, mm-hmm. some of it's blue, blue. glass. Mm-hmm. Some things are okay to put in clear glass. Some right. things you shouldn't mm-hmm. put in glass at all. Like, And for instance, you know, I have a, an apothecary cabinet mm-hmm. that is filled with jars that have been recycled from mm-hmm. other, but they've also been thoroughly cleaned. Yep, sterilized. And sterilized. Right. And they all, they're all holding herbs mm-hmm. that right. are dried and are able to be held in those and are being kept in a cool, dark place. Yep. But all of my essential oils, every single one of them is in a dark amber glass. Yep. yep. Period. And those are in a box. <laughs> yes. You need a mortar, a mortar and pestle. Almost that needs definitely. needs to be yeah. clearly labeled that it's yes. for magic. magic only. And you should have two, probably, if you're going to work with banefuls, and only put banefuls yeah. in your baneful yeah, you mortar and pestle. Never put them in your regular mortar yeah. and pestle. Exactly, because a lot of and banefuls... And have a completely separate one for food. <laughs> yes, yes, because a lot of banefuls are um, are toxic just to skin contact. Yeah. Let, you know, you don't even want it, it to even touch your skin, let alone ingest mm-hmm. it somehow. Yep. Yep, and don't get a wooden... Uh, no, get a pestle. Yeah. Make sure you get one that's marble stone, marble stone and make like sure that, yeah. it's Ceramic. not something like soapstone, which is very porous. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sure you, you don't want to soak exactly. stuff into it. Yep. Exactly. Having a grinder is a good idea, as long as again it is specified for mm-hmm. these particular. Yep. Uses. Get a label maker. Label <laughs> makers are awesome. Measuring spoons. Mm-hmm. Again. Although we'll talk about the fact, right? That I think we'll just say a blanket. Keep all of your right. magical tools separate, especially if you're holding them in your kitchen, uh-huh. like I do. Keep, keep it all very, separate from your food prep. Very separate yeah. and very clearly labeled, so yeah. that there's no so there's cross no right. contamination yeah. between the two. And then protective clothing for when you're mm-hmm. working with banefuls mm-hmm. or some oils. You know, there yeah, are, are certain sort of essential corrosive. oils that you yeah. don't want to get in your eye, for instance, mm-hmm. that yep. kind of stuff. So wearing gloves when you're working with them would be a And smart an thing. eye shield, if you yeah. can get one. Yep. Yep. So. Do your research. Know mm-hmm. what you're working with. Um, there are some that, uh, essential oils that you're fine to work with them with your hands as long as you're using a carrier oil. Sure. Um, so and just, there, are, there are some that even with a carrier oil shouldn't be on your skin. You, know, right. just, yep. you just have to be knowledgeable. And we're not going to be able to cover all that in this podcast. no. no. Double check anything you work with before you work with it. Right, yep. Uh, The other thing is having a clean and prepared workspace. Mm -hmm. Don't just like, oh, well, I can make it work in this little tiny area. No, clear yourself space because it's going to take way more space than you think it's going to take in order to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like cooking. Exactly. (laughs) I know this because I have a tiny kitchen and right now that is where I have to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that is that you want to make sure you don't get any contaminants, Contaminants. any, any accidental outside mm-hmm. intervention in your in your process that might screw it up especially right. when you're working with really specific stuff like essential oils yeah mm-hmm. and part of that is just for like spiritual cleanness yeah. like it's a good idea to mm-hmm. when you clean your space before you you do any you know ingredient prep work and stuff to also just do like a spiritual cleansing and just clean out all the psychic gunk mm-hmm. and you know because you are doing magic here right even the the simplest recipes with that are just that seem just sort of mechanical you're making a magical Mm. product for a magical purpose so you're doing magic right jumping back to the essential oils there are a lot of really good books out there resources Mm -hmm. where you can learn about the properties of the essential oils 
which ones are hot, which ones are, are fine and safe for, for skin contact with or without a carrier oil. Yeah. The same for herbs. There are lots and lots of resources. Make sure you're getting good resources. Yes. To and just, we'll try to link to some of those yeah. in the blog post. And just stay on top of sort of current ongoing research in these mm-hmm. subjects because right. research Things continues change. to happen. Right. These yeah. things. Just be smart and safe. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think that's cool and, and Gwen does this quite a bit is growing your own herbs yeah for use not just for food mm-hmm. but also for magical purposes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep um a lot of my herbs have dual purpose yep the other thing that so you can grow them yourself mm-hmm. you can forage mm-hmm. right for although them. you have to be careful with that for several reasons mm-hmm. some of them legal some of them health right yep and so i i would recommend if you're going to forage because it's a it's a fascinating thing to do mm-hmm. if you are in an area where you can do that again as ode says make sure you're in an area where it's legal mm-hmm. right and, and also not that you know pesticide infested and that they're not pesticide <laughs> infested yeah. but also take a class there there mm-hmm. are a lot especially now online classes there are you, community and, classes. Yeah, you may even you be able take. to find classes in your area foraging. on wild crafting and foraging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wild crafting and foraging is becoming very popular. Um, so there are. I would recommend doing that first. Take some kind of a course, mm-hmm. a short term. It doesn't take long. Usually, like maybe an eight week course, yep. either online or in a community center. Yeah, you can get it done in a summer. Get it done in a summer, and then go out and forage yep. because there are a lot. Like a lot of people like to go out hunting for mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Well, there are a lot of mushrooms out there you that are poisonous yeah. that right. you shouldn't eat. And Michigan so, has. I mean, we, we have this big thing, morels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So there are also false morels, mm-hmm. which, will... which look very similar to me. You yes. have to know the difference. Yeah, and you have to know the difference like, between used, the two. I used to wildcraft black raspberries, mm-hmm. but you have to know what are the proper berries that you can. And if you if yeah, you, you ever yeah. have even the slightest doubt about the plant you are looking at mm-hmm. and its identification. Just leave it alone. But also, you know, yes, get books from your library. Buy books. There are lots of books out there that say mm-hmm. what you, what you know, that identify various plants. But again, I'm just going to stress, spend a little money, mm-hmm. get a class, have someone who's trained teach you how to wild craft and to forage before you attempt to do it yourself. I also have an app. Yeah, where you can where I- identify, identify various plants. flowers, plants, and trees. There's three separate apps. Yeah. And I'll make sure that I give you the that names those, of them. That yeah. the links go Linking into the... Linking is going to be difficult because I have an iPhone, so if somebody else is on Android, it's probably slightly mm-hmm. different. It's, but It's fine. I'll figure it out. Okay. All right. So anyway, these are all safety steps, but... It's also a wonderful thing that you should, you know, if it's something that appeals right. to you, go for it. We're not it. saying don't pursue this. We're right. saying pursue this safely and with respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just remember, here's, here's, I guess, what I'm, the last thing I'm going to say, say on this point. Just because it's natural doesn't mean it's safe. The earth does not exist purely for your satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And the things in it are not always going to be good for you. Some of them are only good for themselves. And that's fine mm-hmm. and natural. Important safety note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exercise common sense, not to mention respect, in all your dealings with plants. Mm-hmm. Some will bite, some are deadly poison, some are toxic allergens, and some are illegal. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so and you there, have to know which the all those things are. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes into herbalism, too, in that even there can be a plant where part of the plant is it's safe fine. to use and fine, but other parts are not. And you right. need to know which part... To, that you can touch with your hands, mm-hmm. which you need to use with gloves, what you can, what is edible, yep. what is not. And the last point I'm going to make before we move on yep. to some other more interesting things. Sorry. <laughs> the last point I'm going to make is some things are fine for you to touch and eat and, you know, involve yourself with. 
in terms of your health, but not in terms of the plant's health. Yeah. There are plenty of plants out there that are on endangered watch lists right. yeah. that so have been be over-harvested and, and can't, and have difficulty being wildcrafted. And every person who, who gets some is endangering the life of that entire species. White sage is an endangered plant. The proliferation of white sage in, in pagan stores is not always ethical. So, like, you need to know what plants it is ethical for you to use in addition to what plants it is safe for you to use. Correct. Yep. Uh, so I thought I would cover really quickly three of the, I, what I guess are sort of the, like, standards that you'll find in a lot of, of witches' books. Okay. The first one that I'm going to talk about but not describe, really, is flying ointment. And Gwyn will probably have some things to say about this. <laughs> Um, traditional flying ointment is intended to improve astral travel and prophetic dreams and psychic development and that sort of thing. But it involves the use of, in most recipes, several baneful elements, mm -hmm. which are extremely dangerous. So for safety and ethical reasons, I will not be describing flying ointments creation here, but there will be a link in the blog post for this episode to a very thorough article that discusses flying ointment and the the safe use of banefuls mm -hmm. in it. There are, you know, there are ways for you to get a hold of recipes. That is true. They're online. Mm -hmm. um, Scott Cunningham's Incense Oils and Brews, although he does not recommend it. I no, don't even understand why he included it. I think it was the history of the fact that there is a flying ointment, several out there, but they do include a number of baneful mm -hmm. herbs, including belladonna. Yes. He has a big, huge, do not use this. It's right. just for your, you know, just for curiosity mm -hmm. alone. But there are various safer versions of flying ointments that are out there that, you know, owed my My on. argument is that these are not flying ointments, traditionally. They are divination ointments, and there's a difference between them. This is true. <laughs> So if, if you have a divination ointment that you'd like mm -hmm. to, to share that's safe for use, that's, mm -hmm. I mean, you can share one of those if you like. I just don't want to share a recipe oh, for no, a traditional not, flying ointment. Not, I don't even use flying ointments. Right. Um, you do I, have a divination oil that you use. I have a divination ointment that yeah. I've created myself that I use. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is if people want to look into that, they can, but do be very, very careful. And I, I know that there are some flying ointments out there for purchase that have that do use belladonna in it. Right. Just always approach these things with caution because I, you can very easily poison yourself if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I strongly recommend reading the article I'm going to link before you even consider mm -hmm. using or creating or purchasing a flying ointment. Agreed. Modern or otherwise. I mean, the modern ones, the, the quote-unquote modern flying ointments that don't have any of the, of the baneful elements in them should be perfectly safe, whether they're Effective is another subject entirely, but especially if you, if you want to use a flying ointment that has a baneful element in it. My position on banefuls is not that they should never be used, just that they should be used with Cautious. great caution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is we should this episode should be called the caution episode. <laughs> I know we have been bringing up a lot of caution. We just you know we want people to be safe and and people have a tendency, and I'm sure none of our listeners have this tendency, but people in general have a tendency. To, when they're dealing with plants, assume this is natural, ergo healthy, and thus essentially harmless to me. Right. And that and is just frankly not true. It, it, okay, so the other two, after flying, yeah. we're going to cover three. Yeah, uh, so so the, the next uh, sort of basic recipe I'm going to cover is Florida water, which you may be surprised to learn has no water in it, because it is technically a cologne. So the base for Florida water is just 
Alcohol. You could use rubbing alcohol, although that's got a very strong scent. Vodka, 100 proof vodka, if you can get it, is what I've seen as oh, the... Oh, you can get it. it yeah, I know. <laughs> well, if you can afford it, is what I've seen as the as the preferred base for, for uh, homemade Florida waters. And then you can make Florida water with either the oils of these of these herbs I'm going to list... Or with the with the actual herbs, and then you strain them out of of the resulting of the resulting tincture when it's finished. Right. But so you would use lemon and orange peel, lavender, clove, rose, bergamot, pine needle, lemongrass, lemon balm, jasmine, and bay leaf, in whatever seems like the appropriate amounts to you, because Florida water is one of those recipes. That is very much a figure it out when it's when it's a pinch of this exactly a dash of that. when it's done to your satisfaction it's done to your satisfaction. I do have a recipe so like for my, Florida water. So like mm-hmm. my great grandmother's chocolate cake, right? Mm-hmm. And thus unreplicatable, <laughs> right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which I've tried. Yeah, yes. Gwen has tried several times to make this cake, and it is I, never. I love it. it. We just will never have it. Uh huh. And that's what that's that's you know one of the important things to note about this is that even if you have like a skilled teacher who passes a recipe down to you, the chances of you recreating it perfectly slim to none. Yeah, this is true. So yeah. so embrace the fact that your recipe will be your recipe. Yep. And mm-hmm. not your teachers, and that your students will never be able to perfectly replicate mm-hmm. it either. Right. They're, they're very smart. much standards. They're standard recipes to have. You can find them anywhere. You can. Basically, what I did is I got some ideas from uh, Scott Cunningham and created my own. Yeah. You go with what feels right by following a recipe and being and eventually, smart about it. eventually, essentially, you'll make your own recipe. Exactly. Well, and that said, I mean, we have Florida water in our cart from Magnolia Rains. Mm-hmm. Because I, was say, I trust. Yep. I trust her yeah. to make some good shit. Some good shit, <laughs> right? Yeah. So our trust level is significantly Very high. high. Yeah. With uh, the box of rain on Etsy, mm-hmm. and so because to, because we've gotten products from there, right? Yep, and oh, know the good. results have been so good, right? You know, another the, shout out to Box yeah. of Rain. Go check it out, Etsy. Because <laughs> apparently, we're now going to shout out Magnolia Rains in every episode. Pretty much, R E I G N Box of Rain, Etsy, like like kingship. <laughs> so, uh, and, and the third one, and the third and the third recipe that I'm going to cover is very similar to the Florida water recipe in that it doesn't have any. Like amounts, it's it's a you'll know it's done <laughs> you know when it's, it's done. done. Right, but it's for war water, which interesting is a hot mess of a product. So you, it's traditionally made with swamp water, pond water if you can't get swamp water, and storm water if you can't get either. But swamp water is preferred in traditional hoodoo circles. Mm-hmm. And then iron nails that are inclined to rust. So you want to make sure that they that they will rust or are already rusty. Yep. Uh, when you put them in the jar. Spanish moss, if you can get it, because it will speed up the oxidation and create a horrifying black tinge to your right. war water. And then any other hot, bad shit you would want to feed to your enemies. So pepper, sulfur, worm- wormwood, snakeskin, anything that you wouldn't want to eat, but you would love to shove in your enemy's face, put that in your war water. And then just let it sit for a good long time until it feels hateful. And then what do you do with it? Well, traditionally, and I don't recommend this as a rule for, like, legal reasons, but traditionally, you made war water in a glass jar with a stopper, and when it was good and hateful, you smashed it in your enemy's doorway so that when he walked out, he'd walk on it and get tetanus and also be cursed. (laughs) Hardcore. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And then hopefully die of tetanus and the curse. 
Probably not. No. Let's just, disclaimer. Yes, disclaimer. That, <laughs> might, that might be the traditional method, but I don't recommend it today. This is not recommended. Um, Buy three pagans in a can. No, three no these days, war water is more of a, like, sprinkle it on yeah. your neighbor's lawn and... Gotcha, okay. And, yeah, yeah. All right. And, and curse less, land yeah. kind of yeah. kind of situation. Less, <laughs> less directly an attack. And I was going to say, I can share my Florida water recipe, mm-hmm. um, you know, on, on the blog. On the blog. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's a little bit more than just a dab of this and a right. dash of that. It's time for reviews. I think he did the same key. I think he did. That's it's consistency. Very that's nice. even that's maybe even more impressive than the, you know, the escalation. <laughs> We're gonna have to go back and listen. Of the last few episodes, I think so. <laughs> so okay. we have two things that we're reviewing <laughs> yep. this week. One of which is a besom. Uh huh. Yes, it is. This it's is a beautiful besom. This is a besom that Gwyn bought. So we're under no obligations here. Nope. That Gwyn bought ooh, six months ago, probably. I think so. Yeah. Tell tell the listeners where you got it from. Um, I got this besom, and I I've been wanting a besom. Which, if you don't know what the term besom means, it's a broom. It's a broom. Uh, I use it for ritual work. Um, I would. How long would you say that is? About fi- uh, four feet. Yeah, three and a half, four three feet, and a half. three feet, three feet, and uh, it's made with a natural. The handle is made from a natural stick that's yeah. been treated. And painted, and then the broad, the the broom part mm-hmm. is um, various kinds of dried grasses, and then they've been dried and, and dyed, dyed, <laughs> and the crafter who uh-huh. made this for me has added various elements um, with the tree of life and a goddess charm mm-hmm. and just made it real pretty. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> it's a lovely green it's color. It's a, a lovely green color. I'll put a, a picture of, mm-hmm. of the broom yep. and. The uh, the Etsy the seller obviously I do Etsy a lot. Uh-huh. This is way we of are the pretty much Etsy. Yeah, it's it's way of the cauldron on Etsy. The lady she's in Canada and she has a number of different things, including you know circlets that you can wear and different types of jewelry. But she makes stunning brooms. And she the broom that I purchased was in her made to order category. She's got a few that um, are ready to go and and you can just purchase it from her and she'll send it to you right away. This was from her made to order category. And she makes, as soon as you order it, she starts creating it. Right. And it's individually made for for the person who purchases it. I got to say, first of all, she has amazing customer service because yeah. when um, it, it takes it takes several weeks right. to get your broom because she's handcrafting it. She is with to the, order essentially to, to order to as close to the picture uh, that is on her site as she can get it. Mm-hmm. And the one she sent me was identical to the to the the, to the picture. illustration. It was yeah. exactly what I the wanted. Example. Right. But when it arrived. The handle was broken. Yeah, it yeah. was cracked. It was cracked, like nearly in half. Yeah, it, it was, was a very it was bad, very was bad, bad damage down by the bottom. And she had packed it very, very carefully. Yeah. But when we got the box, there were holes. It was dented. Uh-huh. I mean, this poor thing had been through the ringer. And, it's like it had um, been thrown off of an airplane. It, it did. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but she called. You know, I, I let her know that there was some mm-hmm. trouble, and you know, she just bent over backwards. We had a couple of phone calls. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's my other thing is she not only makes very high quality products. I love, I absolutely love this it's broom. Be- it's a beautiful. It's broom. a beautiful yeah. broom. It has a wonderful energy to mm-hmm. it. It came, you know, as soon as I picked it up, I was like, "This is my broom. This is exactly what I ordered." Mm-hmm. I was thrilled with it, 
even though it was broken. <laughs> as soon as your broom is ready, again, it is, it takes, it's a good two to three week process to create this broom and get it shipped to you. Mm -hmm. um, but once she gets it shipped, she is in good contact with you to make sure you've got it, make sure it's exactly what you wanted, mm -hmm. that type of thing. So I highly recommend, it's Way of the Cauldron, it's on Etsy. If you are looking for a besom slash broom, this is the seller I recommend because I, I looked through a number of different sellers and she's very creative. She's, she's got these, you know, three to four foot brooms as mm -hmm. well as tall ones that are for hand fastings yep. that are a normal sized, like five foot broom. Yep. I just, I highly recommend it. And then the other thing we wanted to cover were some teas mm -hmm. and partly because you can use... You can make your own teas as recipes, mm -hmm. but again, as we talked about, you can buy things that are made by people who you have trust. much more skill yes. than right. you do. <laughs> and so, skilled creators. Gwen uses a particular brand of tea that you can buy at the store, at the, store. At the yeah. grocery store, yeah. that is crafted very well. So, yeah. go ahead. Um, that would be traditional medicinals. And yeah. I have tried a number of, of herbal teas over the years. There are a lot of really good brands out there. I have found, though, that traditional medicinals is the most effective that I have used. They are very potent. They are not just herbal teas. They are herbal supplements. Yep. So you do want to use them. Make sure that if you're on any kind of medications, make sure there's no contraindications. Mm -hmm. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor. Say, hey, I want to try this herbal tea called mm -hmm. lemon balm. It's good for uh, stress Relaxation. and anxiety and that kind of thing. All of their teas are blended by trained herbalists. Mm -hmm. And they are very, very effective. You'll want to use them according to the, to the instructions. The directions. Yeah. With most teas that you make, you'll you'll be familiar with probably steeping for three to five minutes because that's about how long. If even you can, that much, some are just a minute. Exactly. Depending if it's on like the a, tea. if it's like a mild green tea or something. Mm -hmm. But a traditional medicinal tea is steeped for ten to fifteen minutes in most cases mm -hmm. to get the full extract. So. Exactly. And for for instance. You know, Cara is looking at the samples that I brought out. I have a whole cabinet full mm -hmm. of traditional medicinals. We used to have many more. We used to have we many more. We up. need to stock up. Like, for instance, we have chamomile with lavender, mm -hmm. uh, which is really good, again, for relaxation, for if you need something to help you sleep. Uh -huh. Lemon it, balm, which knocks Gwyn right the hell out. If I do the 15-minute <laughs> steeping, it, you know, it's, it's very good for anxiety, for mm -hmm. any kind of, uh, if you're really anxious about something, lemon balm is really good mm -hmm. for just helping you calm your nerves. Smooth move is exactly what it sounds like. It's for digestion. <laughs> it's a, a laxative. It's a laxative. Let's not, let's not mince words. But it's a laxative. It, I thought it was like a 70s thing. <laughs> no, no, this, it is, it is a laxative. Move. So definitely if you get smooth move, mm -hmm. make sure you use it according to the instructions on yep. the box. Then we also have roasted dandelion root. Which is a digestive with uh, aid. aid. Yep. Um, and then of course there's ginger, there's peppermint, mm -hmm. there's there's a whole slew of different kinds and of you tea will get, blends. And you will get a very strong tea out of, a tradition, out of a traditional medicinals tea bag. It is. It is a very good, very strong. So these are the ones that I recommend if you are looking for an, a tea that can mm -hmm. also be an herbal supplement. I've also used some that, you know, if one of my spells requires mm -hmm. something, 
I she, just, just, she just opens up a bag. I just opened up a bag of, of traditional medicinals because I know it's also a very high quality tea. Right. They're all organic. They're mm-hmm. all non-GMO. Yep. Some of them are fair trade. Not all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. you can check that. Yep. yep. It actually has, that's what I was looking at, is it actually has the labels right on the front of the box. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that the chamomile and lavender is fair trade. Mm-hmm. I also know from reading the side of the box that it comes from farmers in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so it tells you everything it's, it's you need USDA to know. It's USDA certified organic. Yep. And- exactly. So so that's our second product that we're that we are yeah. And, yeah. and we, you've we, used it as well. Yeah, I use the traditional medicinals as well, and they're very, they're very high quality teas. Very like I said, effective. they make a very, very strong tea. You can, if you have one of those like enormous mugs, where mm-hmm. like if you use a normal tea bag, you're like, well, this will make a weak tea. You will not have that problem with traditional medicinals. That's true. You can make an enormous mug of tea That's with true. one bag of traditional medicinals. And you can have, and they have things like rose hips and and just all kinds of of. Uh, different types of tea. They have mm-hmm. green teas. They have black teas. They have herbal supplements. I mean, it's yeah. just good stuff. Quality. So very high quality. So if you are, if that's what you're looking for, traditional medicinals is what I recommend. Yep. And that's it for the reviews. Excellent. Nice. Thanks. Consistent again. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. At least I'm doing something right. <laughs> I may suck at the rest of the podcast, but I get the reviews intro and outro down good. <laughs> You kind of slipped into radio voice again there. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> but into like dramatic reading radio voice. <laughs> That's true. And down good instead of down well. Uh-huh. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I wanted to cover some of the different things that you can make. Right. That are that, not traditional recipes. Like what we traditionally what think we of can, as recipes, right, yeah. but are essentially. So the crowns and garlands that you two love, <laughs> right? Yep. There, there's a, a way to create them mm-hmm. that they have a purpose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Systematically. Systematically, yep. So that's one of them. Potpourri, sachets, pillows, powders, strewing herbs, all Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. Incenses, if you want to make your own incense. Gree-gree. Yep. Essential oils, obviously, we've talked about. Salts. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We I think we've mentioned black salt before mm-hmm. as as sort of a common component of many a witch's toolkit, um, and it's salt, but with other stuff blended into it in a mortar and pestle usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you can make black salts that even have different purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally, most witches will have a protective black salt and an offensive black salt. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you can also make a bath salt. Mm. Let me clarify. Not bath salt that you would use in your bath, mm-hmm. not the drug that makes you into a zombie. Yep. So um, make sure you're using the, the one that for the bath. <laughs> right. The, the, the water one. Yes. Right. <laughs> candles. Mm-hmm. So yes. I think Gwen's talked about this before about where she candles. dresses a candle. Yep. Well, that's a recipe mm-hmm. towards what you're doing on that because you your intention plus yep. what you use. A set of instructions. Right. Yep. Uh, poppets. Mm-hmm. Poppets, spell bags, voodoo dolls, um, anything really that uh, requires... Uh, Anything that you can recreate to a reasonable degree of accuracy mm-hmm. from a set of instructions. And that, you're, and that you're constructing, right. really. That's yeah. what you're doing. Anytime you do spellcraft, anytime you are using a recipe, yeah. whether it's for a traditional meal or for uh, to create a poppet, uh, you are following a specific set of instructions in order to... Uh, achieve a particular, achieve a particular, outcome. particular outcome. So there you go. Yeah. Right. If you're if you're only going to use something once, you maybe don't need to put it in your book. Like right. if you if you plan like I'm just going to make this 
once in my life and I will never need it again. Maybe you don't need to write that recipe down in your book. I th- but I personally think I would. I would just to have a record of it. Maybe you never know if, when you might need it again. I, I guess, <laughs> it, unless you don't want evidence that you've created. Like, <laughs> like, I think if it's a hex or right, something. Right, like if you don't, if you don't want, curse? You, maybe you don't want to write down your recipe to war water because you don't want someone else to know how you make your war water or something. But if definitely if it's something that you're going to be using again and again, if you want to get consistent results, you mm-hmm. need to be using the same recipe every time. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's the most sort of foundational point of a recipe is to be able to get consistent results. Right. And again, the more you use it, uh, the more it'll become natural to you. You may actually start making additions to it as needed because... But having that baseline... It's always good to have the base. You know, so that you you always know... You can always refer back to it. Right. And and a baseline that says, this always does this. You'll always get a cake if you do this. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And then anything else you add on to it is, you know, different frosting on your cake or whatever. Exactly. Or but cookies. But at, at the base, of, at the base <laughs> it's still a cake. Yeah. I have a few just little recipes. Okay. That, you yeah. Know, Go ahead like and read for, them out. For instance, the magical ointments. I When I do divination, I like to use my divination ointment that I created. I prefer a coconut oil base because mm-hmm. I just, I like coconut oil. And it's got a very mild scent, it so very, it's not going to interfere. Exactly. So whether I'm using a, you know fractionated coconut oil or solid coconut oil that's generally what I go with for the ointments I do use the solid what I do is I mm-hmm. you know liquefy the the solid coconut oil usually a short time in the microwave just enough to to make it into a Unless. liquid a liquid it becomes a liquid mm-hmm. when you yes. when you melt it obviously and then um for divination I use clove cinnamon orange and then I also add mugwort that's to it. Traditional, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically, you know, it's clove, cinnamon, and orange essential oils. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a few drops of each one of those essential oils into the coconut oil, a and pinch of the mugwort, stir it, and then... And then let it re-solidify. Let it re-solidify. And occasionally I'll go in and I'll stir it up again and let it you know, re-solidify. But uh, just make sure you put it in a clean jar... Right. You know, and and it doesn't make a lot. I think I use a like maybe a probably two ounce yeah, jar, probably, um, for my ointments, and it lasts a long time. Yeah, just you make need sure, very little. Yeah, just a little bit, and just make sure that you keep it in a cool, dark cabinet. So I have a question for you. Uh, I know some people when they're making magical ointments and mm-hmm. stuff and stuff like that use a specific like a magical number of mm-hmm. drops. Mm-hmm. Do you do you do that? No, I don't. I. Basically, I usually do two to three drops depending on um, how much I'm, I want to use, unless I'm following a specific recipe. Right. That makes sense. You would use the amount of drops right. that you want the, to yeah. use. The Grand Boss Kitchen method. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, there, but there are some people uh, in recipes that I have seen mm-hmm. who are like, three drops of this, three drops of this, three drops of this, that's nine, you're done. Like, right. yeah, And that's cool. That's fine. That, you know, and... I probably and chances are I've probably done that unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like with the mugwort, I put a pinch in. I don't, right. you know, I don't measure out how much mugwort the right I'm, amount. <laughs> I just put how much feels right in. Right. Ask your grandmother mugwort to tell you when. <laughs> exactly. And you can also keep these in if you're, you know, unsure about keeping it in a cabinet. You can also keep it in your refrigerator. Mm. Another magical ointment that I've created, again, using the solid coconut oil, is a protection, which includes clove, rosemary, and, again, mugwort. Interesting. 
Yeah, I guess I can see that because mugwort mm-hmm. is is used to 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 recan mm-hmm. for um, sacred space making. Mm-hmm. So I can I can see that exactly. You know, so there's those. I also have a variety of essential oils that uh, oil recipes. For instance, a money draw essential oil recipe would include any your carrier oil of choice minus right. coconut, and then three drops of cinnamon, three do- drops of patchouli, three drops of vetiver. And three drops of bergamot. Cinnamon is very commonly included in any kind of, mm-hmm. of prosperity-related Yep, absolutely. Recipe. In fact, a lot of the mojo bags mm-hmm. or, will have, a stick, will of have a stick of cinnamon yep. in it. Absolutely. If we and, could just do it without the patchouli, I'd be fine. <laughs> and, this, and the thing is, like, if you have your basic essential oils, like, for instance, I have a cleansing negativity essential oil recipe mm-hmm. that includes three drops of orange, then two drops of lemongrass, two drops of lemon, and two drops of lime in a carrier. And that can be in a carrier if you mm-hmm. choose to put it on your skin. Or you can just put those in a small amber you know, glass jar, glass jar yeah. and use it to anoint your doors right. or your lintels, that type of thing. I have a very basic incense recipe. Okay. Which I think is kind of cool. It's uh, powdered cinnamon, mm-hmm. lavender flower, mm. and licorice root. Mm. Oh, interesting. And you put that into your mortar and pestle and grind, grind it. it up as fine as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And then you add 10 drops of cinnamon oil. Okay. And you mix it up again. And if you like lavender, you can add some, some lavender, lavender oil to it as well. And then you add gum arabic mm-hmm. to it. So that it binds. So that mm-hmm. it binds. And then you use that on top of uh, charcoal. Right. Yep. On a charcoal on briquette. On a charcoal briquette, yeah. It's called Three Kings Charcoal. That's the most typical charcoal mm-hmm. used they, for incense. They come in little rounds. Little rounds. Mm-hmm. You can get them on Amazon. Most, and they will burn for like an hour. Yeah. Most pagan stores will carry mm-hmm. the, the Three Kings charcoal. That's the typical charcoal that's used. Yeah. There you go. And it's it's really good. Sometimes it's a little hard to light. I don't recommend mm-hmm. doing it with a match. I recommend doing no, it with one yeah. of the long fire lighters. Exactly. Because it will get very hot very fast. And like I said, it will burn for like an hour. And yeah. just remember, when you're using essential oils, you can diffuse them. You can add them to sachets or bags. Or I use them to anoint or to dress candles. Some of them you can use in food, too, if you get food-safe grade If you use food grade, oils. correct. But I would also recommend make sure that if you need to use your hands for any reason, especially with cinnamon oil, Mm -hmm. make sure that you're using a carrier. You have coated your hands with a carrier or you're using some kind of, um, you know, gloves gloves or something. Most of the oils, most of the essential oils, as long as you have a good carrier oil, it's safe for your skin. But it is commonly recommended that if you have never used this essential Mm -hmm. oil before... Do a patch test on your skin. Make sure you're not allergic. Make sure you're not allergic to it, that you don't re- that you don't react. And you don't need to use a lot. Right. Just use a drop. You My, want uh, to have a larger amount of carrier oil yeah. to your essential a oil. A substantially larger amount. So you would have, for instance, you might have five drops of a carrier oil to one drop of essential oil. And you can do even larger dilutions than that yeah, because essential absolutely. oils are very, very strong. And there you are need very little of them. There are lots of um, charts out there that tell you the best dilution ratios yep. that will protect your skin and also never put uh, essential oils like in your nose, in your eyes, yep. in your ears, anything like that. No contact with the mucous membranes. Exactly. And of course, if you are going to be diffusing it, you, you know, 
you don't have to worry about that as much. Right. But and, sometimes you do have to be careful with inhalation. Yes, and the amount that you use in, you know, in the diffuser. Mm-hmm. You don't want to over-diffuse. <laughs> you really do need, just as a general rule, mm-hmm. very little of any very given little, essential yeah. oil. Any One or two drops oils. will pretty much do you for most circumstances. Exactly. Just use common sense, use your resources, see what works best, and make sure that you're not uh, sensitive to any of the oils that you're working with. And sometimes there will be oils that I can't remember what it is, but I know there's an oil that when applied topically increases your sensitivity to the sun. That is usually any of the citrus oils. So orange, lemon, lemongrass. So you don't want to put that on any skin that's going to have direct sun exposure. For extended periods of time. Well, or or even for for relatively brief exposures if you use enough of the oil because Mm -hmm. it increases your sensitivity to the sun Mm -hmm. and can increase your chances of skin cancer Mm -hmm. or just straight up sunburn. Yeah. Yeah. So you you do want to be careful with anything. And that that goes with, you know, herbal supplements as well. Mm -hmm. St. John's wort. It, it causes you to be more sensitive to the sun. So mm-hmm. you would want to make sure that you are Lather using... Up. Yeah, you want to make sure you're using protection, <laughs> yep. sun protection, sun, sunblock. wearing uh, long sleeve shirts or uh, hats. hats or right. Parasols. You know, parasols, things that will... Look like a fancy Victorian lady. That's right. Things that will protect you from direct yeah, sunlight. And and so that goes with any time you're using anything. Right. But what is... I'm what I'm saying is just that there sometimes there are unexpected side effects. Yep. And so you got to do your research cuz you're not going to necessarily just like it's not going to occur to you off the top of your head, right. "Oh, this particular oil will make me more sensitive to right. sunlight." That is why I always stress if you are going to use essential oils, herbs, whether you're growing them yourself, whether you're buying them in teas like from traditional medicinals, yep. whatever you do, wherever you're sourcing, you're getting your your essential oils or herbs from, have your resources available either online or in books and know how to use them safely and properly. And don't just, there's a lot of information right. out there. And don't just use one source because there's also a lot of misinformation yep. out there. Yep. And most there of it's, you know, not badly intentioned. It's just mistakes. Yep. Right. But double check all of the materials you use mm-hmm. against other unrelated materials just so you can be extra sure. All right. Anything else we need to cover? Um, I wanted to briefly cover like family recipes. Sure. Just because sometimes, especially since very few of us are second or third generation pagans. Yeah. Most of us are, are just beginning the path on right. our own. That's yeah. right. Um, and again, a reminder. That you're right. We're, we're all fresh, experts. shiny, new amateurs. You know, you, you probably don't have... A family book of shadows right. that you can draw right. on. Right. But what most people have somewhere in an attic is a book of family recipes. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Just for food. And those can be modified or adopted for magical purposes or for ancestor honoring purposes. Carr the other day, or not the other day, like a couple of months ago, made something that his grandfather... For one of the Sabbat celebrations. Yeah, for one of our Sabbats made something, made a recipe that he learned from his grandfather. I Was forget. It the Beef Wellington? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. He, he, he made a recipe that he learned from his, that, that, that his grandfather taught him how yeah. to make. During, uh, right before Yule, I think, or yeah. during Yule. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. So he made that. And it was, you know, it was meaningful to him because it was something his grandfather taught him how to make. And it was meaningful to me because, you know, I honor my ancestors so I could put some of the thing that, my that my great grandfather taught my father how to make on the ancestor altar as an offering 
to him and right. to to my other ancestors. And I'd love to pass down my recipe for mm-hmm. mushrooms menage a trois right. to you, but you won't eat them. I, well, I won't eat them, but I'll learn how to make <laughs> them and put them on the altar. Give them to our son. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll eat them. Yeah, he's a cook. Yes. <laughs> So, so you know, even if your even if your ancestors or your family members mm-hmm. didn't, you know, write these things down, intending for you to use them magically or, or right. reverently, Ritually. you can still use them for that purpose. You just have to go into it, you know, when you're making it, saying, "Okay, I do this in honor of." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I do a lot of times when I'm cooking, especially if it's a yeah. You meal. got some kitchen witch tendencies. I do. I do. <laughs> when um for a, for a holiday for a ritual a lot of times as i'm cooking i will be stirring you know i'll stir my pot diacil mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh, i will infuse be, it with love i will i will infuse it with with love and family and um you know remembrance that type of thing honoring our ancestors mm-hmm. as i'm cooking and so basically you can turn any activity mm-hmm. into uh something that is magical yep. right yep one other thing that i thought was amusing while I was doing my research, was I discovered a bunch of edible flowers. Um, you have edible to, flowers. Yeah. You have to be careful with edible flowers. You have to make sure that they're food grade, um, so you can't get them from a florist because they probably had pesticides on them. Organic. You should yeah. get, yeah, good organic food grade flowers. You can find them, or if you're a good gardener, you can grow them yourself as long as you make sure you don't include any pesticides in your gardening process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that includes your fertilizer. Yep. And you should only eat the petals. You shouldn't eat the, the stamen or... The pistils or the stems or the leaves. Edible flowers are not like the whole plant isn't necessarily edible. But the petals of these flowers are edible. A lot of them have magical associations. Mm -hmm. So you can just straight up eat your magic, which I think is hilarious and great. So here's a list. For litho, we could make Uh cupcakes and do the... And do edible... Yeah, we could do sugared violets. Sugared violets. That would be fun. So so I'm going to list some because I think this is a great concept that I want to explore in the future. Angelica flowers for protection or inspiration. Any kind of citrus flowers, orange, lemon, lots of lots of citrus fruits originate as, as flowers. So you can do citrus flowers for joy and cleansing. Hibiscus, which you can find in a lot of teas as well, mm-hmm. is for beauty, love, and divination. Nasturtiums for victory, which you very rarely see eaten, but you can definitely find around. Just like I said, make sure you get food grade ones. Violets. Uh, candied violets are actually not that hard to find uh, for protection and love. And we learned they're not that hard to make. No. Roses, certain kinds of roses, not all breeds of roses right. are edible, but there are edible roses um, for love and good luck. And the the childhood standby of honeysuckle for wealth, generosity, and psychic development. If you were like me as a child, or me. You, you practically consumed entire bushes of honeysuckle. <laughs> so... I did too, but at a Christian camp. <laughs> Just didn't know. Yeah, one of the one of the apartment complexes we lived in when I was a kid had honeysuckle growing very nearby. To be fair, it was probably filled oh, with, with pesticides. pesticides. I'm sure. But I was but a child and did not know. This. I was a child and did not know what I was doing. No, neither but, did I. <laughs> but I ate loads of honeysuckles as a kid. But so, also lavender. Yeah, lavender is yeah. edible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, chamomile. Certain kinds of yeah. lavender. I think Certain, they're, yes, they're yeah. different. That, that's, like I said, as, yeah. as, long as, you, as long as you're getting food grade flowers, yeah. they will be flowers. edible flowers. Yeah. But and chamomile also. you can find those at your local grocery store now, especially if it's a little bit yeah, of a nicer. A, a higher end grocery, grocery store. store. A gourmet, and you go into kind of a gourmet right. section. Yeah. Well, and you should be able, for the like the non-candied ones, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the high end grocery stores now, you can go to 
the produce section where they yes. have the fresh fruit and stuff, and they'll, they'll have, have edible flowers yep. just flowers. in little boxes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Amazon is actually a really good resource mm-hmm. for uh, edible flowers, I've discovered. Organic edible flowers. You mm-hmm. can It'll be them. really, really good for us soon because they're building, building an a... Amazon distribution yes. center. Yes, one-hour delivery. <laughs> yeah, we'll be able to get one-hour delivery on groceries from Amazon. <laughs> I wanted to say um, hibiscus. You mentioned. Yep. Yep. Hibiscus is actually one of the teas. Yes, you that can get traditional a traditional medicinal hibiscus so, tea. So, um, if you want a tea that is high hibiscus tea, you mm-hmm. can get it from traditional medicinals, and you can use it in your magic. Yep. Yep. And you can just eat it. Yeah, raw and fresh. Raw. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Am I ready to cover my ending stuff? I think you are. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? You may begin. You may begin. We will not interrupt. <laughs> I don't see that happening. <laughs> So, you can find Three Pagans at a Cat at facebook.com forward slash three pack. That's the number three, P-A-A-C. You can also find us on Twitter, three underscore pagans. You can also find us on Discord and Patreon. Both of those, in order to get those links because they're ridiculously long, you just go to our website, which is three pagans, the number three, pagansandacat.com. And you can click on those links at the top. Other than that, I think that's all the places we are. We don't have a Snapchat. No. We don't have a Instagram. Instagram. Maybe we shouldn't Tumblr. talk about all the things we don't <laughs> Mr. Radio Voice. Mm-hmm. But we can get you to all those other things. Everything is actually covered on our website. Mm-hmm. So Including the episodes. FreePagansAndACat.com. You can also see all the blog posts we post. You can see Gwyn's uh, one card every Friday tarot draw. My services page. Your services page. We also have on the Patreon at level... One of those levels. $10 and up. Hunter. Hunter Hunter. at Hunter and up. Besides being able to be on the Discord, you can also get a three-card monthly tarot draw that you you're get, able to yeah, see. you get oh, access actually, to yep, that. Yep, yep. That's you get right. that three-card that everybody gets to see. Mm-hmm. And then if Unless you're at you a, are a Jaguar. If you're a Jaguar, <laughs> you get a full tarot reading once a month. You send six questions mm-hmm. that you want answered to Gwyn or to me. And I'll get it to Gwyn mm-hmm. because that's usually the easiest way to do things. Uh-huh. Um, so you can email me, car at threepagansandacat.com. Justin, if you're listening, this is your... This right. is for you, <laughs> Justin. These are your instructions. <laughs> these are your instructions. Up to six questions, brother. And I emailed that to you already, Justin, so I assume you are out in the field right now. Right, yeah. Memorial Doing Day. Memorial Day so shenanigans. Right. Happy and blessed Memorial Day <laughs> to yes. everyone. Memorial Day is tomorrow, so happy Memorial Day. You all did not not interrupt. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's a double negative. Put in there together. <laughs> We got through a lot of it without we did. interrupting. Sure. It's, it's because I was being stared at. The beginning part. <laughs> anyway, that's it for us. I think we're done with this I think episode. so. He's turning a nice shade he of is. Fuse. Yes, he's, he's, getting very, he's getting very red. He is. Uh, I think that's part of that's the sun. Yeah, there's, Could be. It's, it's humid here, it's you guys. True. We're it's, not uh, loving it. about 90 degrees today. <laughs> it's gross. It's supposed to be 92 tomorrow. Suboptimal. And then the next day, like, 89. An undesired outcome. And then we're back in the 70s. <laughs> that I'm fine with. Yes. <laughs> that's the end again. That's, that's the end again. Oh, God damn it. And, uh, 
someday I'll, just... I'll, someday I'll write an outro. <laughs> no, then... I, I just... <laughs> we're going this way. We just don't know what the fuck we're doing. So... <laughs> Maybe it really drives home that we're not experts thing, doesn't it? The funny thing is, I do know what I'm doing with this, and I still can't accomplish it. Also, Communitas Paganus. Yeah. If you live in the West Michigan area, we'll have info out about that here yeah. very shortly. As, as we as we on Facebook get everything situated. Yep. Yep. All right, that's it for us. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.